Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome to episode 74? 75? 75, yes. Three quarters of the way to a century, that's what we are. Three quarters of the way to a century, bigger than any uh, actual score that me and Jonathan combined have done in, in, a, in an innings. Um, of wrong end of the total, st- ever. Possibly total, <laughs> ever, yeah. Quite possibly. A wrong end of the stick podcast from me, Zachy, and, and Hello. Hello. How are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, you got cold, so we're going to make this a short, <laughs> snappy episode because uh, I'm not sure you're going to be able to talk for the whole for a long episode of it. But uh, we'll do our best to get you through that. So. I've got a lemsip. I'm armed with with uh, with with lemsips and and sprays and all sorts. So let's uh, let's get it cracking. We've got some yeah. uh, good topics to call, to to kind of talk about and a new little segment as well, which we've, we've, we've been... got. A, we've got a plan. We've done research. Oh. We've we've got a new a new feature. Well, I mean. What more could be planned for? You're in for a treat. Absolute treat. Yeah. (laughs) People who download this podcast are so lucky. They really are, I have to say. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some news that's been going on over the last... We've lost... Well, there's been a lot of cricket happening since we last recorded. Um, Mm. So we're going to do a little bit of a wrap-up of a few highlights and lowlights of that. And we're going to talk about some of the England stuff that's been happening, possible future stuff, stuff around the globe. And then we're going to go into our future. Our, our, our future? No, our new feature. Future. Yeah, there we are. Yeah. Um, which we are still working on a name for. We've got a possible name. But any any fans of uh, Richard Osman's House of Games, stay tuned because you're going to enjoy this one. Um, but yeah, shall we get into some of, well, shall we start on a, well, probably a bit of a low point really, but it, it links back to what, we talked about a few episodes ago, three or four episodes ago, when we talked about yeah. racism in cricket. Um, and obviously Yorkshire have got, well, they've had a lot of problems um, uh, over the last, well, well, in the last few years, but certainly the last few months since all of this has been coming out, there's been a lot of changes and stuff happening there as they try to fix the problems. And I think one of the things we said on that episode was very much that it was not just going to be Yorkshire that way. That was not just racism wasn't just limited to that, to that. Um, and it, it does, that seems to be being played out uh, now as, as Essex uh, County Cricket Club 
Um, I've been charged by uh, racist comments that have been made in board meetings. Um, so I think that people have been resigning from there. I'm not sure of the full length of it. There's, there's obviously going to be an investigation. Um, I think there's internal investigations and external investigations ongoing at the moment. So I, I think this probably will be one of those things that rumbles on. I think it's going to come out more and more in various different areas. And I think hopefully this is, is a kind of sign of changing of the guard of that old old school, you know, mm. private school, white man in a suit making those inappropriate comments in boardrooms. Hopefully this is, is a sign of the end of that kind of era and, and a new beginning somewhere, I think. So I think you can see it in a positive light um, somewhere that hopefully this it is. is yeah. It is a positive light. And I, I, th- I think there's a couple of things to kind of glean from what's happened with Essex because these aren't new allegations these are allegations that have been going on for a while but actually um they they were they were raised by the ECB in October 2021 but it just goes to show I think drawing it back to Rafiq who who raised it and and you know was brave enough to really kind of put that stuff out there um and it's now just highlighted the the uh, impact in other areas. So um, I think the former uh, Essex chairman, John Farrager, resigned um, si- uh, uh, since after the allegations. Um, board, it was a, it was it was about a racist comment um, in a board meeting in 2017, which was when the in- initial allegation happened. Um, but you're right. You know, it was never going to be just kind of local to, to Yorkshire and it happening in one area. We know about you know, some of the kind of elitism and some of the more exclusive ways of thinking and, and behaviours that, that, you know, kind of cricket has. And, we, and we've seen it in, you know, possibly stuff like selection that we've, we've talked about in previous podcasts. So it's good that this has been highlighted and, you know, it's good that it's out there. It's a shame, obviously, it, it does kind of put shade on the on the sport, but it needs to be done. It, it does, but I'm, I'm, I'm always in slightly two minds because, yeah, I, obviously we, we, we love cricket and you don't want to see cricket being talked about in, in a negative mm. way like this. But mm-hmm. actually, if these things are happening, I would much rather it, it did get talked about and these things were aired and people were held to account for them because that's what's going to stop it happening in future. And although, yes, it's in a negative light right now, it's it's the dark before the light it's the it's before it's yeah. the night the, 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 the hopefully this is the deepest bit of night before you see the sun rising and that That's that it. new era and that new where this non none of these these sort of accusations are going to be tolerated there's not going to be any more racism not you know people won't get away with you know all of the things that have been happening over the last well decades probably um and and this is this is the start of, of that change so there's there's yeah, it, it's it is unfortunate to see, but actually, given that these things have happened, I would much rather mm. they were talked about and and we can deal with it, hold the people to account, and then move on together. That's that's got to be the hope, isn't it? Perfect. Yeah. Whew. Well. Well, on from from one resignation onto just resignations for different matters and I'm not sure if these were resignations or sackings actually but um, yeah in, in the fallout of the ashes um, hammering yeah that's probably the most polite word isn't it um, it could be talking about there's many other words that could be used um, uh, the England's defeat in Australia um, 
there's been a lot of changes coming in terms of the England test team, um, the men's test team, certainly. Um, so Chris Silwood, who's the coach who we talked about when he first got the job uh, a couple of years ago here, mm-hmm. um, he has uh, stepped down. So he's he's gone. Um, I mean, I don't think he was our first choice for coach when he did arrive, but that's by no means to say that he is the reason that England have, have been failing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's gone. Um there's director of England's director of cricket. I have no idea what that job entails, but that that person was Ashley Giles. Um, he stepped down as well. Um, so yeah, so Andrew Strauss is sort of temporarily taken over, and, and while they look for a permanent replacement, but yeah, what that person does, not a clue. But maybe this is part of the problem. Um, <laughs> but, 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 but yeah, um, so there's been a, a fair amount of changes coming, um, and then for the. West Indies, um, two of the England tour of West Indies, um, Anderson and Broad have both been dropped. So there's, yep. there's, there's big changes in terms of the playing side of things as well as the backroom staff as well. So I think there's just a whole scale change starting to go on in, in the England camp at the moment. And mm. I, I don't know, prob- probably needed. I don't know. What's your take on it? I mean, I think we've seen over the past kind of two, two, three years of, of us really getting into cricket and, and the England team and really beginning to get, you know, kind of focused on the team and, and the dynamic of it. And we've seen sort of new players come in and, and more recently younger talent over the past year get involved with the team, um, you know, and, uh, and up-and-coming potential. But there hasn't been that much disruption. I feel like the weight of the team's performance has been on a few uh, kind of players that have come in clutch and a few players that even when, you know, not being particularly in form of, but have been there for a while have, have still been in the team for, for, you know, I'm sure good kind of reasons, but there, there seems to be a lacking in, in a bit of disruption in a bit of injection of maybe thinking about things differently. I mean, how long have we been talking about the top order and the reliability of it? How long have we been talking about you know the the missing. I mean, we've had uh, we've had you know kind of spinners in the team that have been on hiatus and focusing on county here and there and and stuff. But there seems to be some real elements in the team that have been missing for quite a while. And I wonder if it's just that the you know the coaches and the, and the directors haven't picked up on that, or if it's something that you know Root's been aware of and and maybe has not been vocal or has not been allowed to be vocal on that in terms of selection. So I, I, I hope that the changes that are coming and, and you know, new coaching posts and new director and whoever else is, is kind of getting shift around, they actually begin to reflect on, on the team. Because if you're looking at, if you look at the team of Australia, you know, there was some kind, kind of significant changes mm. that, that were made. And you look at the players and the team that they've got now, and I don't think, you know, England aren't in their best form. If we look at the Ashes, Australia do have a pretty strong team um, as well. And I think we need to try and mirror that. And that, that we really do need to focus on who's in the team, that dynamic and, mm. and the makeup of it. So we'll see. Yeah. There definitely seems to be a, a desire for change at, at the moment throughout England. And I think... I think I think my only issue with it is that it seems to be slightly grasping at straws and be like, well, we'll 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 drop a bunch of people and and pick some really 
really inexperienced people and will sack the coach. There doesn't really seem to be a strategy behind it. There doesn't seem to be a yeah a, a plan that's driving this. It it seems to be well, we're just gonna move a few things around and hope that that helps. And and that it's it's the analogy I used with you earlier in the week, isn't it? It's, it feels a little bit like rearranging the deck tiles on the Titanic. It feels like they're just making slightly superficial decisions, but with no real plan of well, what, what yeah. what's the aim here? What's what what is your plan to get back to be that number one in the world? And you know, because that's what England should be aiming for. But mm. I, I'm just not seeing any sort of coherent strategy behind trying to get to that. And that's what I'd like to see. And I'd kind of like to see, you know, somebody come in with a bit of leadership at the top of, of, of England, whether that's the coach, whether it's the director of cricket, whoever, whoever that person is. But come in, take a hold of it, take some ownership of it. And, yeah, really try and get to the root of what mm. the problems are and, and have a plan to say, well, look, these are these are the things I think have been wrong. This is my plan to fix it. And I've not seen any of that for England for some time. So we'll see. Maybe maybe people are trying to put that plan in place. But, yeah, we'll see. But in, in the meantime, you've got some stuff on some, some new players, haven't you? Some, some yeah. possible solutions to England's uh, playing troubles. Exactly. And there's, there's some players in this mix... Um, that are kind of more um, more intriguing, I think, to me, just kind of touching on some of the stuff that we said. So uh, Beauty released a, an article that looked at eight potential players to look out for in the future, that England, uh, the new kind of restructure or selectors in England may look to um, to kind of include in, in the future team after that thrashing. Uh, in, in Australia. So, um, we're going to go through those players and see, you know, a, if we've heard of them, if we know what they're about, um, and just have a look at some of their stats to, you know, see if they, if they could be. So the first one on there is a batter from Nottinghamshire, Joe Clark. Um, so he's had 93 games at first class with about 500, 5,000, 6,009 runs with a batting average of 37 and 64 of 18 centuries. Um, don't know if you've if you've heard of this guy from Nottinghamshire, if, if he's been on your radar at all. He's a, he's a good T20 player, apparently. So he is, yeah, he's, he's, he's quite destructive. Um, he's, he's one of those that that um, yeah, he is, he is one of those that I know, and he's yeah, he is a sort of yeah, quite quite destructive middle order batsman. Um, and he's he's one of those that you would want coming in. He's one that could come in and change a game. Mm. I think in that in that middle order, and he's he's somebody that could come in sort of at like five or six or somewhere down down in that middle order. If if England, I mean, your ideal for him is that you've got a nice solid base from your openers, and you're you're at you know two hundred and fifty for three, and he's going to come on and add a quick another fifty seventy seventy odd runs um, mm. that that could be really useful. Um, so yeah, it, he's he's a really interesting one, and I do. Do hope to see him in, in more England. <clears throat> so filling that kind of potentially sort of Stokes Butler esque kind of mm. batter, then um, yeah. that aggressive yeah. counter attacking. Okay, um, so our next one is an opener, which was intriguing to me. Um, and there's a uh, well. Now for me, looking at this uh, gentleman, Phil Salt, who's an opener from Lancashire. Um, same age uh, as as Joe, 25 years old, 38 games, um, a few centuries, high score, just uh, just shy of a of a century and a half at 148 with an average 
average of 13.73, which I don't think is that bad for an opener. Um, maybe not that great, but, um, so former Australia batter and ex middle, um, Middlesex coach Stuart Law, uh, it's a bit of a dark horse. I don't know how much of their, I don't know, I haven't seen, I don't know if I've seen him play, but. I feel like I've seen him occasionally, but not, not very much, but yeah, again, I think, uh, I feel, I feel like for, he's gonna be in England's top order for, certainly for T20 and, and, and for one days, um, mm. at some point, um, whether that's, he transitions his game to to the test team. I don't know, but he's bags of potential, definitely. Mm. Um, and he can he can score games for he can score runs for fun. Say mm. score goals for fun, yeah. But he can he can score runs for fun where he wants to. But yeah, will will that transition? That I think that will be the the interesting thing is is will it transition to the um, to the test arena? Um, yeah, because he's certainly got he's certainly got talent there. He seems, he seems to, you know, for the same age to not have as many, not have as many games and, and many experience, as much experience, as many runs on the board as, as some of the others. So I wonder if it's, you know, maybe some talent there, maybe someone that could show up and, and surprise us all, but possibly not one to put, you know, kind of money on in terms of going into the test side. So an, an interesting choice for me. I, again, I don't know a lot about him, but based on what, the stats are saying in his performance and, and whatever, you know, kind of people are saying then. But the, the next person is uh, a leg spinner, which I think we're in need of um, in the team, Mason Crane. Um, so I think his, his best performance is a 5 for 35. Um, I don't know what game that is in, but um, again, not one that I've, that I've seen. Uh, it comes from Hampshire. He's, he's sort of been on the fringes of of the test team. We've I think I think he's played a test. I'm pretty sure he's played a test. I think that mm. is all he's played. But I think he has played a test. Um, he played in the 1718 Ashes tour. So oh, there you are. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And he, he's certainly been in squads, but not quite made it. I think um, Jack Leach has tended to keep him out. Mm. Um, and it's a tricky one because he's a young leg spinner, and young leg spinners. Oh well, it's, they're they're an interesting breed because a lot about leg spin is you've got to be comfortable and happy being smacked for six uh, and fours and boundaries quite a lot before you will actually make your breakthrough, and that will condense a younger player's confidence a lot more easily than it can with somebody with more experience and stuff. So um, they've got to they've got to tread delicately with getting him into the team. They clearly have if he's been sort of on the fringes for for a good sort of four 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 years or so now. Mm. Um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of um, yeah what kind of impact that he he has and uh, you know where where he takes it from there because he's I mean there's this England spinner spot available for somebody who shows that bit of of you know. Uh, potential and and talent, so it's it's there for him. It's it's you know there's opportunities for him. It's just whether he can step up to take it. I mean, I can't remember the last time England had a leg spinner consistently in their team mm. in my lifetime. Certainly, 
difficult to think of one. Anyway, I'm sure there is. I'm sure people will tell us on Twitter um, at Wrong End Podcast um, <laughs> if, <laughs> of who the last uh, England leg spinner was to be successful in the England team. But I'm, I'm struggling to think of one. So, mm. yeah. so another young gun as well. Um, another batter, Tom Haynes from Sussex, turned out well over a thousand runs in the championship last year. Um, so. He's he's quite happy smacking that about. Um, got an average of thirty four point three at first class, five centuries, score high score of one hundred and fifty six. Young. This this to me looks like I think it's well it's difficult, isn't it? I think the the average thirty four is another thing if we look at some of the others. But I also think this one sort of stood out to me, and I think I have seen him in a few games and. Yeah, it's interesting. This is one I don't I don't really know much about at all. Um, to be honest, I've not not seen him play, so it's it's one I will watch with um, mm. watch with interest. Um, but yeah, no, not not one I I know very much about at all. Um, so he's yeah. one of those he's one of those batsmen that when I did see it in some of the county games, um, he just seems like really positive, really opportunistic batsman. Um, you know, maybe not so much of who's that? Who was the top order batsman that we had against uh, Pakistan last year? Who was quite um, just really static? He's like a bit, a bit more Rory, a bit more Rory Bird. Yeah, like he's, I don't know, he's just, he's just a really interesting batsman to watch. You know, he's, he's his triggers all the way up. He's always stepping to it. He's just a really positive batsman where. He is looking for runs. And I think, you know, it's always good to see. I think we do we do have batsmen in the team that are like that. And, and we, we do have that. But I think, you know, where, his, where he's at in his career, 23 years old, where he's got, he had a fantastic performance last year. I think this could be one to watch and, and possibly one that I would like to see in the test team um, and intrigued to see how he's doing kind of this year and see if it's raising kind of eyebrows in the, in, in the, in the right places. Um, because I think if he, if he gets a good start, then I think any team internationally is going to be in trouble. He's, he's proved that he can perform at, you know, top level. Um, so we've got uh, Tom Helm, pace up bowler from Middlesex. Not one that I know too well. Best performance of five for 36. Um, with an average of 31.8. He's got pace, bounce, height and swing to be able to trouble the best batters in the world. And that is from Steve Finn, former England fast bowler. Um, Doesn't look like he's played for too long, though, at first class. Only 34 games behind him. But I don't know if pace is really the big issue for the England testing at the moment. I know Archer's injured and stuff, but... It's People probably getting not on. The, the biggest problem, um, but yeah, it's, it's who's going to step up when when Broad and Anderson do do you know mm. find themselves at the end of that. And I guess that's if, if you know you quick bowlers always get injured, so you need a few around your squad. So I guess that that's kind of the the thinking there. Again, he's not one I've seen a lot of, to be honest. Uh, I know he's been around. A little while, um, but I've not seen him play a huge amount. But um, yeah, he's just one of those people who kind of consistently takes wickets without being hugely spectacular. I think so. Mm. You know, there's always always need for that in your in your test team. So, mm-hmm. 
Okay. Um, next, we've got another batter. So quite a few batters. Only a leg spinner and a pace bowler included in in, uh, in in people that you know may have an interest, which is kind of interesting. But Josh Bohannon, batter from Lancashire, um, over nineteen thousand runs, average of forty three, um, almost forty four, three centuries, one hundred and seventy four being the highest score. Really good stats, I think, on paper for the thirty seven games that he's played. Twenty four years of age. Um, the former England assistant coach, uh, Paul Farber, said, uh, you know, he's been watching in practice. He's made big strides in terms of techniques. It's got a very simple technique, but it's well organised. Um, and he looks like he's got everything to compete at the highest level. And, and based on what um, the figures are showing, it, it, you know, another one to kind of keep an eye out for, um, you know, especially with so little games behind him though. Almost two thousand runs, you know, that's quite a quite an impressive uh quite an impressive dent to make in, in the young man's career. Um and another batsman, Alex Lee's opener from Durham, um twenty eight years old, lots of games behind him, hundred and twenty seven at first class, seven thousand runs, thirty four average, seventeen centuries with a high score of two seventy five. Um you know, I think opening is one of those I, I feel like there's a gap. Um, yeah, in, I, I mean, I, I, th- I think that's right. I, I'm, I'm surprised Alex Lee's makes that list. I feel like he's been around a long time. Hmm. Um, he's a name, and obviously, I'm more aware of the sort of Yorkshire Durham players, um, just from the kind of area of the country I'm from. Um, and yeah, he's a name that I've I've heard and, and seen a lot. Um, hmm. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, if he can make the step up, that would be. You know, really good to see. Um, and actually, sometimes a bit of that sort of seasoning in in county cricket is not a bad thing because it no. it does give that um, resilience when they do make that step up to the test team. So yeah, it'd be, it. be great to see him get get an opportunity. And um, yeah, as you say, opening has been such a such a problematic area for England for a long time that again, it's one of those where if somebody just steps in and, and makes an impression. They could, mm. they could have a long, long old England career. So yeah, fingers crossed for him. And you're right. He's 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 been about. He's, he has been about. And uh, he was on the England's Lions tour of Australia in the winter. So he is clearly in the minds of of, of management and selection. So it could be one that we see. Um, finally, we got Matt Parkinson, another leg spinner from Lancashire. Um, 32 games behind him, 102 wickets. Uh, best performance seven for 126. Um, so. You know, as you said, you got to be, sometimes as a leg spinner, you've got to be uh, welcome to the fact that you're going to get smacked around a bit. But, you know, seven wickets, that's 126 in the grand scheme of things. Isn't that many, uh, isn't that many runs? Um, so, fierce competitor, which we always like to see on an English definitely, side. Definitely what you need is, as a spinner as well. I think that's, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that's absolutely, I mean, if you could say one thing about, um, you know, Shane Warne, Nathan Lyon, Graham Swan, you know, the, yep. the really super successful spinners. Competitiveness is, is yep. probably up there in their, you know, in their qualities, isn't it? Uh, you know, it's absolutely what, um, you know, what they're all about. And it's what you've got to have as a spinner. Um, you know, you've got to have that ability to just come back and, and that bite and, and desire and will to win. So, yeah, if he's got that, you know. 
good 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 luck to him. So I mean that that and that is a positive thing. I think the positive thing is that there's there are some good young England players out there, I think. Um, and this is going to be a beautiful segue, which, you know, it, almost like we planned it, which we really didn't. Um, but in terms of, of the some of the, the world stuff that I was going to talk about, um, one of the things is the England uh, under-19 um, team getting to the World Cup final. Um, yeah. So, you know, that, that shows that there are some real talents out there in the England um, team. And I think that it does seem dark times at the moment. But mm. there is there is very much a a string of of good young players coming through. Um, so yeah, just just to to, to go on to that, that, yeah, England getting all the way to the to the World Cup final um, for the under 19s, um, and there were some great performances, and it was it was really pleasing to see that um, there was games live on on YouTube. So there was a lot of YouTube coverage um, of the England of the under I was going to say the England under 19s, but of all the under under 19 teams that were taking part in the uh, in the World Cup, and it was great to see some uh, different nations in there as well. So there was there was some like Uganda played some some um, some games. There was Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe won um, a, a really interesting game. Um, you know, there was there was Canada, UAE. There was there was all the sort of fringe cricketing nations as well. The associate nations, should we call them, um, were there represented as well. And there were some really good performances, some really talented players as well. And England do so so well getting through to the final. Um, they played India, um, as you might expect. It's a couple of the bigger nations that get through to the final, but it was it, and it was great. And India did nick it in the final and probably deservedly so. But it was a really really good competition to watch. And there's, the future is bright for England if we can manage some of these young players through in in the right kind of way there's a lot of talent um there and mm. yeah so yeah it's all, all positive stuff i remember us having similar conversations a couple of years back when we was speaking about uh like zach crawley and mm-hmm. um yeah john bess and all of those all of those lots so uh hopefully yeah we'll see with the reshuffle but yeah Get that conveyor belt moving and get some of those <laughs> through, right? Yeah, that's it. Um, so yeah, so I will do, do just a very rapid fire um, um, build up of just what's been going on in the world of cricket. That was one of the things. The other thing, I mean, these are just selected highlights. There's been tons of stuff happening. But one of the uh, really interesting ones, again, it was more because I managed to watch some of it because it was on free to TV here, um, was the USA versus Ireland series. So Ireland went over to, to USA, and it was building up to be a phenomenal series. It was really interesting. The first match out there was a T20 match that the USA actually beat Ireland. And I think it was the first time they beat any test-playing nation, which is phenomenal for them to see um and it was held down in florida really interesting there was there was you know not a huge crowd there but there was some people there to watch it um which was really nice to see um ireland came back and won the second match by nine runs so i mean usa won wow. by 26 runs so they they really hammered them in that first game or as much as you, you, they can could do um ireland came back and nicked quite a close game in the second in the second t20 match and then they were due to go into a three-day one day international series and sadly COVID hit um, oh. the players and the the whole thing was, was it was initially just delayed and delayed, but then it, it got to the point that they couldn't, couldn't see it through. So really unfortunate because that was, it was building up to be a really interesting series there, where USA are being really competitive with some, some really talented players in there as well. So um, yeah, really 
really interesting series um, and really good. But um, yeah, more more cricket over in America, please, because that was Love that. that was some that was some fun stuff over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the other one um, has just happened quite recently, um, which is Ireland have qualified for the T20 World Cup, which is happening uh, in nice. Australia later on this year. So Ireland are going to the World Cup, which is going to be fun to see. It's always good to see Ireland in the World Cup. Uh, UAE have also qualified after beating uh, Nepal in the semi-finals. So um, your favourite favourite friend of uh, Paul Sterling will be in a uh, T20 World Cup later in this year. So that'll be fun to watch as well. Um, and then the final um, bit of world cricket, which is was a series I thought was uh, quite interesting because I really thought it was going to go one way, but uh, didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. Um, and that was a three-test series between South Africa and India. But South Africa beat India. Um, and I know um, South Africa at home are much better force and India away from home not quite the the, the force they are at home um, but yeah two tests two tests to one win for South Africa so um, yeah Keegan Peterson is one to watch out for he scored 82 in the in the final um, final test um, as they chased down a score of 212 so that was really good to see and it's yeah it potential signs of um, South Africa coming coming back to be more of a force to be reckoned with on, on the world stage so um yeah, because we were just talking about South Africa not being what they were relatively recently. But, uh, yeah, it does seem to be that there's there's sprouts of, of real promise for, for that South Africa team. And mm. I'll be honest, it's not a team that I'd want to come to England anytime soon because I'm not sure the state England are in, we would beat them. So, mm. um, yeah, it's an interesting one. So, yeah, so that's mm. kind of the, the quick the, whistle-stop tour of what's been happening in the world of cricket. The global snapshot, I love it. Right, we are now on to the exciting feature, the thing that everybody has stayed listening for. Um, and for those Richard Osmond's House of Games, we're going to do a hat tip to them. Anyone who's seen that, they do a, a highbrow, lowbrow question, <laughs> which we are re-terming Beamers or Beamer or Yorker, aren't we, for uh, for cricketing yeah. purposes. Do you want to explain how it works? Yes. So in... Um and for anyone that's seen it, you'll, you'll probably get what what the kind of model of this is all about. So um, the the Beamer Yorker um, segment is going to be basically we ask each other. Uh, well, we've got an answer already prepared um, and we ask each other a highbrow uh, kind of question. So a fact or, or, or you know, a, yeah, basically a fact that is really sort of niche and, and some and, and a savant, a cricketing savant might be able to glean the answer from straight away and then we go for the uh lowbrow kind of statement and information that would make it would would basically uh make it easier to sort of get to the answer um so two, two questions one answer yep. they both lead to the same answer but one's a lot more difficult than the other that's what that's the way i've gone with it for that's a lot so. you said that a lot more succinctly <laughs> you should have gone you should have started <laughs> i should have explained it <laughs> um <laughs> Right. Do you want to launch yours first? Because I had a I had a weird feeling that we were going to go for a very similar sort of question. So I'm going to yes. let you go first because I've got a backup prepared. So right, I, I can revert to my backup if need be. But I'm slightly nervous about this. This I'm not going to lie. But uh, yeah, go on. Hit me with your uh, your beamer. It's the Yorker. The highbrow is the Yorker. Yeah, Yorker. yeah. Sorry, Yorker first. Yeah. Oh no no, it's the beamer. You're right. You're right. The yeah, yeah. High and the Yorker. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the only thing. They're both. You know. Yeah. Beamer first. 
Even though I'd say a Yorker is more classy than a Beamer. Yeah, that is true. That's the problem. And it's yeah. hard. The Yorker's the hard. Maybe it's like Yorker and pork pie, because, you know, something like really easy yeah. to have. We need, we need a different name. Come well, up with a different name for us, uh, listeners, and get in touch uh, at Wrong End Podcast on Twitter. And uh, yep. that's what we can call this. Okay. So your, um, your Yorker, Beamer, or Highbrow, whatever you want to call it, is. Uh, so. Cricketer from Oxford University and fierce competitor caused controversy by wearing the infamous Harlequin cap in the 1928-29 Ashes Tour of Australia, much to the crowd's chagrin. What? What? Which Ashes Tour was that? Nineteen. Twenty-eight to twenty-nine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the see, response I wanted. That, the, that is the, the response the I wanted. See, I don't know this, but the way that I play a House of Games version of this is to think, well, okay, so it's an England cricketer from the 1920s. Mm-hmm. Which, what could you possibly ask as a lowbrow question or as an easy question that would have the answer of an England cricketer from the 1920s and 30s? And I can't think of one. <laughs> and that's, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, Do you want I, me to repeat the question? Yeah, can you? Yeah. So, cricketer from Oxford University and fierce competitor caused controversy by wearing the infamous Harlequin cap in the 1928-29 Ashes Tour of Australia, much to the crowd's chagrin. I mean, I I genuinely have no idea, and I don't even think I can hazard a sensible guess. No, you don't, don't want to take a punt? Well, I do want to take a punt, but... Um, I can't think of any England cricketers that were around from that time, from that era. <laughs> oh, I think like, you I... can. You can. Do you want the lowbrow? Yeah, give me the lowbrow, because I just can't, I can't even think of a guess. I okay. genuinely can't even think of a guess that would be in the right era. Okay, all right. The Iron Duke and England Test team captain, infamous and reviled for employing the bodyline tactic against Don, Don Bradman. Oh, I've you got see, him. this is a problem. I've got I can't him. remember who that is either. I've got him. And I oh. do know that. <laughs> I've got him. Oh. I think I've stumped. I've stumped Jonathan. <laughs> I've been psyched out by the first question. <laughs> this is the problem. I've been psyched out by the first question. <laughs> Oh, what do you do you want? I'll give you an additional clue. I, I need it. I genuinely need it. Surname rhymes with sardine. Oh, Douglas Jardine. <laughs> ah! <laughs> ah! <laughs> Man alive, that's brutal. I hate this. Cause I'm never doing this again. I hate it. <laughs> ah! Oh, and I've made yours. I mean, my question to you, are A, not as worthy and as eloquent as you have made them, and uh, B, I think, yeah, just less brutal. Um, oh, so, I didn't think that was brutal. I was like, I, I thought like when I wrote it, I was like, because we've, we've talked about Bodyline and Douglas Jardy in, in one of our podcasts, and I thought, I really, it, I just like his kind of character and his controversy, and I thought, well, I'd, I'd, it's hard writing it trying to write something, trying to make it kind of complex. I thought he's probably going to get it, and I wondered if 
maybe I don't say something about the Harlequin and maybe make it about class and maybe blur the lines a bit more. But I thought, no, no, maybe it's too. So I'm glad I stumped you there. Oh, you glad definitely stumped you. me. Definitely stumped me. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with with my. Um, I'm just only gonna give you the highbrow now because uh, I'm not giving you the easy ones. That's just, <laughs> just the, you. Between two now. And as I said, mine not as wordy and as eloquent as you were. But the highbrow beamer question, whatever it is that we're, we're calling it. Um, so which international cricketer took his first wicket against Zimbabwe in 2003? International cricketer. International wow. cricketer. Took his first. A bit vague for you. That's so many bowlers. Oh, 2003 Zimbabwe match. It was about then. Blimey. Um, Okay, so I'm going to go with a, a career debut, and I'm going to think, well, it might be a team that is domestic, so I'm going to think about the domestic squad, and I'm going to think of uh, Dale Stain. What's his name? That fast bowler. Is that his name, that, Dale that is, that is Dale Stain, yeah, yeah, I know who you mean. Um, that is incorrect. Okay. Would you like the lowbrow version of that question? Or yes. The lowbrow question? Yep, yep. Which England and Lancashire ball <sighs> has an end of Old Trafford named after them? Anderson. Jimmy Anderson. Jimmy Anderson. God Can you damn believe it. he's been in the England? He's 2003. That's just insanity, isn't it? <sighs> um, oh. But yeah, there you go, Jimmy, Jimmy Anderson. That highbrow, that international, I was just too... I thought, okay. Zimbabwe, maybe that's a clue. Oh, damn it. You can have my backup as well if you want, because I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, I love that it. one, because I'm going to go over the more wordy ones next time. I'm going to, I'm going to have a bit more depth to it next time. I've seen the standard you've set for me. So, um, yeah, the next, the next one is, um, uh, which, uh, ground hosted its first ever test match in 1877? Oh. So this is the highbrow. That's the highbrow, yeah. I mean, that's not the obvious one. I make the obvious one a bit more obvious for you. So what test ground had its first match, test match, in 1877? Yeah. Oh, man. Now, just based on the last one, is it going to be, is, is it going to be somewhere, somewhere in England? And I don't, would it be too obvious if it's Lords? So I'm going to say, I want to say, I'm going to say the Oval. That is incorrect. Ah, oh, damn it. And I totally, totally thought you were going to guess the Oval <laughs> as well, because you think the Lords was too obvious. I totally, yeah. I totally <laughs> guessed your thought process on that one. Um, uh, so, yeah, so the low-brow question, the easier version of it for you, is which international ground traditionally hosts the Boxing Day test for Australia? Oh, no. No. The um, oh, it's called a funny name. I think the oh god, I can't even cheat. <laughs> the, the is it Adelaide? It is not Adelaide. No, it is oh. the Melbourne. It's the MCG. It's the Melbourne Cricket Ground, the biggest cricket ground in the world. Is Adelaide part? <laughs> is Adelaide part of the Ashes tour? Yeah, yeah, that usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah usually. Yeah. 
Uh, I think they host the Day Night ones at the moment. Um, the last couple of Ashes. So yeah, but there you go. There you well, go. There we are. I feel it's slightly redeemed the fact that you didn't get both of yours. You did. Um, you did definitely so, redeem yeah, it. There. I'm definitely going wordier next time. So yeah. Um, so yeah. Good times. Well, there we are. There's our new feature. I might might calm down and and being to play that again at some other point. In the <laughs> Douglas Jardine, that name's going to haunt me forever. I know, I know. Uh, I uh, thought, I was really thinking he might get this in one, just off the... I I should have done, I should have thought 1920s, you know, up against Bradman, I should have thought of that, but the name just didn't come to me, and I genuinely think I was psyched out by that first question. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, I don't know any, and that was it. It It was lost to me then, so, good. I like that quiz, enjoyed that. So yeah, we will be back again. Um, very soon. So yeah, we'll be back in the next couple of weeks with another podcast. Um, I hope you've enjoyed that. If you have, do get in touch with us. Let us know if you want to get in touch and talk about anything we've spoken about. You can do so at, twi- at Twitter at we are at Wrong End Podcast. Uh, we're also on Instagram at Wrong End Podcast, or you can email us at Wrong End of the Stick at Hotmail dot com. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And we will catch you next time. See you later. Bye.